Can we give God praise today? Can we give God praise today? All across this house, lift up your voice unto the Lord and give Him praise today. There is none like unto the Lord our God. There is none like unto the Lord our God. He's worthy to be praised. From the rising of the sun. That's where we are right now. From the rising of the sun. Tonight we're going to be at to going down of the same. But his name is to be praised. How many know his name is to be praised? Yeah, we'll bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Can we clap our hands one more time unto God? Hallelujah. He is in this place. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. My, 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 what a magnificent presence of God is in this place this Sunday morning. What a delight to be with you in the presence of God, to be here in the house of the Lord with the people of God. Amen. We give honor to Bishop and First Lady Nichols. Can we give the Nichols family a great big hand clap of appreciation? Amen. What great leaders. What great leaders that lead Greater Faith Church. And uh, I mean, every opportunity I get to come, I just rejoice because... Uh, greater faith and Bishop Nichols is such an inspiration to me personally and it's always a joy to be able to be here and I was so disappointed that I wasn't able to be here Friday night I had looked forward to it for quite a while and so I uh, I do keep apologizing I really wish like everything that we could have been here but I'm thankful that the Holy Ghost did what the Holy Ghost does in that service on Friday night amen to be able to be with you here on, on this Sunday is such a great joy, and I am so thankful that uh, my beautiful wife, Sister Heidi Urshan, is able to be with us on this trip to greater faith. It's always, it just always makes everything better, amen, when she's able to be uh, with us, and uh, so glad that Sophia and Ethan were able to come from Urshan College, amen, and be with us on this weekend. Turns out Louisville is a nice little halfway point. It's, it's kind of on the way to St. Louis, so it worked out really well. And uh, just to be here in the presence of God. We love this uh, great church and all that God is doing here. And uh, to be able to be here today is a great delight. I I'm going to read today from the book of Psalms. And I'm going to read from the 19th Psalm. And I want to, um, I just, I just want to follow the direction of the Lord today. I feel something in my spirit that I want to deliver to you. And I pray that as the word goes forth, that God will begin to deliver and set free every person who hears the word of God and believes the word of God. Amen. Psalm 19, and we'll begin reading at verse 7. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. 
The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. And I want to focus your attention on this verse, verse 9. The fear of the Lord is clean. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than the honeycomb, than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. And I want to I want to read just these last few verses because they're powerful. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright. I shall be innocent from the great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Hallelujah. And I would like to preach to you from that first opening line of Psalm 19.9. The fear of the Lord is clean. The fear of the Lord is clean. Let's go to the Lord together in prayer and ask his blessing upon this service today. God, I thank you for the moving of your spirit that is already abundant in this house. I pray for the anointing of God. That it would rest upon the preaching of your word. Lord, we can do nothing without you. And I pray in Jesus' name that you would have your way. Have your way, O oh God. Have your way. We trust in you. We lean upon you. And we ask in Jesus' name for the anointing of the Lord to be upon us. We give you all the praise and the glory for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. Everybody shout, Amen. Oh, let's clap our hands unto God and lift up a shout of praise once more today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of Jesus. The last couple of years have without question caused people to experience a great deal of fear. Fear has been somewhat the name of the world's game. Whether people are bound by it or being manipulated by it. Fear has, has become a pandemic in our world. And it was a crippling fear that shut people down, shut people in, kept people from living life. They were afraid to breathe. They're afraid that if they did breathe, they wouldn't be able to breathe. It was a stifling fear, and it brought the church to a very important place of introspection where we had to put our faith in God, where we had to put our faith in the Word of God, trust in Him and hold on to Him. One of the verses of Scripture, how many, how many find that when you need 
a move of God, a word from God, how many find that the scriptures become oh so much more precious to you? Hallelujah. And the scriptures became so much more precious to people uh, in the last couple of years. And one of the verses of scripture that really uh, made its rounds, if you please, and, and just kind of rose to the forefront, uh, but has always been there. It's been there for, for hundreds of years, but, but it really emerged as a guiding uh, light in those times of darkness. And, and it was 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. Where the Apostle Paul told the young man, Timothy, he said, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. What a beautiful verse of scripture. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. There's so much to unpack in that verse of scripture. And perhaps first and foremost, it's, it's interesting to know that fear is a spirit. The spirit of fear. Uh, it's also interesting to note that God didn't give it to us. Hallelujah. And it's also interesting to note that the, the remedy uh, and the, the weapons to use against the spirit of fear are the weapons of power and love and a sound mind. And, and so we thank God for all of those great truths because the power that the Bible is talking about, it's not talking about any kind of power but the power of God. There is no glory given to any kind of power except the power of God. So the power we have is the power of God. And the love that we have is the love of God. And when you understand the power of God and know that he has all power in heaven and in earth. And when you know the love of God and you understand that he loves you with an everlasting love then what that does is it generates a sound mind within us. Once I stop the worry and I stop the fret and I stop the anxiety and I, I sit down for a moment and I, and I reflect upon the power of God and the love of God, my mind begins to come into balance. My mind begins to come into a place of equilibrium. And I understand, but wait a minute, if he has all power and all love then what am I afraid of? Now, if he had all power and no love, that's a frightening prospect. And if he had all love but no power, that's a frightening prospect. But he has all power and all love. So what are we afraid of? Glory to God. And it, it, just, it just settles the mind. And now all of a sudden the mind becomes sound as we consider the fact that God loves me and he has the power to protect me. Praise God. And, and, yet, and yet in that verse, that, that word fear is actually a different kind of fear than, than the one that I'm preaching about. Because the, the word there, fear, has to do with timidity. It has to do with a lack of boldness. It has to do with cowering in fear. So, so it, that, that is the spirit of fear. It is a stifling spirit that shuts you down and puts you in your corner and tells you not to speak. You be ashamed. You be timid. You have nothing, you have nothing to offer. And, and it will it will, it'll bind you. 
that is a spirit of fear, and it does not come from God. God has given you power. He has given you love, and he has therefore given you a sound mind, and you have power and victory over fear, over the spirit of fear. But the fear that I've come to really preach to you about is, is something that the Bible refers to in a variety of ways, and it actually is defined in the scriptures as a moral reverence. A moral reverence. It has to do with morally revering. And so that's the fear that I'm talking about. When the Bible says that the fear of the Lord is clean, it is saying that moral reverence for the Lord is so pure and it has a purifying quality to it. And it's something that, that nothing else can equate to. And so I want to talk to you about that. But here's the interesting thing about uh, the spirit of fear and the spirit of timidity. It's really only used about four times in the New Testament. And so, so when the Bible talks to us about fear, most of the time it's not talking to us about a timidity or that spirit of fear. Most of the time when the Bible refers to fear, it is talking about a moral reverence. Certainly, when the Bible speaks of fearing the Lord, it is speaking of a moral reverence. But even when it talks about fearing other things, it is referring to a moral reverence. So in other words, what the Bible is trying to tell us is moral reverence belongs to God and nothing else. Fear, moral reverence, unlike the spirit of fear, timidity, did come from God. God did give us moral reverence. He put within us this deep, abiding, substantiating reverence that, yes, is real fear. It will cause you to shake and quake. It, it will cause you to stop for a moment. And it's real, and it's not the spirit of fear, which is timidity. It is moral reverence. God didn't give you the spirit of fear, but he did give you moral reverence. And so it's important that we understand that this, this range of human emotion, these things, these things came from God. God is emotional. And God gave us who, who he created in his image. He gave us that spectrum of his ability to feel. And, and most of our problems come from the fact that we have misplaced those things. And we have placed those things in things that are not worthy of receiving them. For instance, we have taken love which came from God and put it in something that is not worthy of our love. So the Bible comes along and says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. But if you have the love of the Father, you'll have peace in your life. And if you have love of the world, you will have great turmoil in your life. But love comes from God, yet we misplace it and all chaos erupts. Faith comes from God. But we end up putting faith in things that are not worthy of having faith. This is the essence of idolatry. When the Bible says that God is a jealous God, 
somebody who was a skeptic, they challenged that and said, how could God be jealous? He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. All the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Why and how could he be jealous? Oh, no, you've mistaken. He's not envious. He's jealous. If he were envious, that would mean that he were saying, I, I wish I had something that someone else has because I don't have it. That's not what God, that's not how God operates. He's, God is not an envious God. He's a jealous God. He wants your affection. That's what he wants. And it, and, and he, and it bothers God when we go to idols who cannot see or heal or save or deliver. And we worship those idols and we put faith in those idols and we love those idols. God becomes jealous not because he's lacking anything but because we are lacking something by putting faith in an idol that cannot save. God's jealousy is because he loves us, not because he feels as, he, as though he lacks anything. And so God is a jealous God. We put our love in things that shouldn't receive our love. We put our worship in things that shouldn't receive our worship. We put our faith in things that shouldn't receive our faith. And we put our fear in things that shouldn't receive our fear. It is a form of idolatry. And so the Bible comes to us and says, fear not. The same Bible that says, fear not, says, fear the Lord. And it's the same fear. The same Bible that says, don't fear this, is the same Bible that says, fear him. It's the same fear. It's not the spirit of timidity. It is the same fear as we are to use when we fear the Lord. Fear is something that came from God. Moral reverence is something that came from God. The problem is when we misplace it. Hollywood knows this about people. Hollywood, driven by the ungodly, unclean spirits that motivate them, begin to try to, in, try to manipulate the emotions of people. So they literally compartmentalize their presentations according to your range of emotions. They say, you want to cry? We got a drama for you. You want to laugh? We got a comedy for you. You want to get that little fear thrill? We've got horror for you. You want to you feel that inquisitive nature be aroused? Then we've got, we've got suspense for you. Just, well, just whatever in your human spectrum of emotion needs to be tantalized, Hollywood will present it to you. Because they're trying to get you to misplace your emotion. Do you know that the Bible never gives us any indicator that entertainment is authorized by God? There just, there's, no, there's just no place in the scriptures where we are instructed to experience the range of human emotion outside the presence of the Lord. My God. Part of our challenge is we're doing too much laughing outside of his presence. We're doing too much crying outside of his presence. We're doing too much fearing outside of his presence. We're doing too much feeling suspended outside of his, outside of his presence. Our drama is all going on outside of his presence. In his presence, there is fullness of joy. And at his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Hallelujah. 
I want you to know he wants you to laugh, sing, dance, weep, fear. He wants you to do everything in word or in deed. Do it all in the name of Jesus. Do it all. See, entertain is related to words like obtain and attain and maintain. It has to do with, it has to do with taking control of. And so when we are entertaining or something is entertaining us, we, we have to be careful what that is because it's entering to take control. And so you want to give God control. Take the reins of my heart, O oh Lord. Hallelujah. Take the reins of my mind. Take the reins of my human emotion. I, I don't want to yield my human emotion to an industry of the world that has such a dark and devilish agenda. I want to yield my human emotion to the God who created me, to the God who loves me, to the God who has manifest in human flesh so he could save my soul. Yeah, that's who I entertain and that's who entertains me. That's who I love that's who I worship, and yes, that's who I fear. Now, see, when we talk about the fear of the Lord, people get nervous, and they're like, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me because I understand fearing things that are dangerous, but God is love. So why would I fear Him? It's, it's because our, our thinking of the Word has been polluted by all of the things we have placed our fear in. We have allowed the Word to cease from meaning morally reverent, to meaning a spirit of timidity. And so we, we begin to think that fearing God is a bad thing. Don't, don't tell people to fear God. Are you kidding? The Bible says that the fear of the Lord prolongeth days. The Bible says that the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. No wonder the devil doesn't want you to fear God. The Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Did you know that the angel of God encampeth round about them that fear him? He doesn't, listen, you, listen, you don't all get a guardian angel. He doesn't encamp round about everybody. Just like all things don't work together for the good to everybody. They work together for the good to them that love God and are the called according to his purpose. And the angel of the Lord doesn't encamp round about everybody. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him. Hallelujah. You better fear God. Yes, God is love and you better fear him. He said, do not fear him who can destroy your body. But fear him who can destroy your body and your soul in hell. That's God. You better fear God. You better think twice before you commit that transgression. You better think twice before you walk away from the cross. You better think twice before you decide you're not going to serve him. You better fear God. Who are we kidding? Who do you think you're talking about? Don't let some false teacher, some heretical 
indoctrinator get up and tell you that the fear of the Lord is of no consequence to you, that we've misunderstood it all these years? No, the fear of God means exactly what you think it does. It means to fear God. It means to morally revere Him. I revere Him morally. There are certain things my flesh may be inclined to do that I will not allow it to do by the grace of God and by the power of the Holy Ghost because I fear God. Because His Word instructs me, don't do that, don't say that, don't go there, and I fear Him. And you know what? That's not, that's not, a, that's not an impediment to me because I thank God and I know not everybody has that, has this in their, in their upbringing. I had a, a wonderful father. And I know not a lot of people have had that. I had a wonderful mother. A lot of people haven't had that. And so when you come into the church, it's important that you let the people of God step into your life and begin to provide that influence for you. But I was raised in a home where my father and my mother were examples to me. And you know what they did? They put the fear of God in me. They put the love of God in me. But they put the fear of God in me. And there were certain things I would not do. Because I knew the severity of the consequence. The fear of God. The love of God, yes. But there is something to fear about the Lord. Hallelujah. And here's the thing. The fear of the Lord is clean. The law of the Lord is perfect. Converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure. Making wise the simple. Are you hearing that? The law of the Lord is perfect. Converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure. And it makes wise those who were simple. Those who didn't have a clue where they were going or, or where they were headed. Those who, had, who were like the blind leading the blind. They were simple. But the testimony of the Lord stepped in and became a sure thing in their life. And it made what once was simple made them wise. The law of the Lord is perfect. And it doesn't just convert temporary behavior. It converts the soul. It doesn't just convert you to act a certain way when you're supposed to act that way. No, it converts the invisible parts of you. The law of the Lord is perfect and it converts the soul. The statutes of the Lord. What a word, the statutes of the Lord. Because he talks about the law of the Lord. Now he's talking about the statutes of the Lord. This is when he gets down into the particulars. When he gets down into the weeds, into the nitty and the gritty of how we live our life. The statutes of the Lord are right and they rejoice the heart your heart will rejoice at the statutes of the Lord the commandment of the Lord is pure and the commandment of the Lord enlightens our eyes so, so you hear what the law does the law of the Lord it, it, it converts your soul the testimonies of the Lord makes you wise and the, and the commandment of the Lord enlightens your eyes and the statutes of the Lord rejoice your heart and then in the middle of these great things that are happening in a person's life connected to the law of God and the commandment of God and the statutes of God all of a sudden the fear of the Lord is thrown in there oh and the fear of the Lord 
I know what the world says about it. The world says that the fear of the Lord is harsh. And the fear of the Lord is a judgmental thing to talk about. And the fear of the Lord is such a condemning way of thinking. But no, that's not what the Bible says. You let God be true. And every man a liar. The fear of the Lord is clean. The fear of the Lord is pure. I'm going to tell you, the fear of the Lord will clean you up on the inside and the outside. The fear of the Lord will wash your mind. The fear of the Lord will purge you from unclean living. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. Oh, hallelujah. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold. Do you hear that? Career man, career woman, more to be desired are they than gold. Did you hear that? Those of you watching the stock market every morning and afternoon, the, it's more to be desired than gold. And in case you don't know what he means, he says, yea, more than fine gold. Hallelujah. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. By them is your servant warned. And in keeping of them, there is great reward. Hallelujah. Who can understand his errors? Who among you can tell when he's wrong or right? Who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. Things I don't even know that I'm doing wrong. Things I don't understand are dysfunctional. Things in my life that keep perpetuating vicious cycles and bad habits. Cleanse thou me from secret faults. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Those sins that I don't mean to commit. The sins that have become so interwoven in the fabric of my mind and my body and my soul and my heart. That I just do them without thinking twice. They're not my second nature. They're my primary nature. Nature. Cleanse thou me. Keep me from presumptuous sins. Hallelujah. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright. Then shall I be innocent from the great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost here. Do you know why the words of your mouth are not clean and right and wholesome and uplifting? Because the meditation of your heart is not clean and upright and wholesome and uplifting. But if you cleanse the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, I will be acceptable in your sight O Lord my strength and my redeemer I know we're living in a world that doesn't care they don't care about about what they live and how they live and they don't care about what God thinks and about what the word of God says but when you fear the Lord you want the words of your mouth and the meditation of your heart to be acceptable in the sight of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 
The Bible said, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are all together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Their throat is an open sepulcher, an open grave, an open tomb. In other words, the stench and the depravity of death is in their throat. With their tongues, they have used deceit. The poison of asps is under their lips, whose mouth, this is all talking about what they're saying. These are the words of our world, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. And the way of peace have they not known. And you're getting ready to find out why. Verse 18, there is no fear of God. Before their eyes. I'm glad I grew up in a home where the fear of God was before my eyes. And I was able to see there were certain things we didn't do or say or live. And, and it was because the Bible was our guide. And the word of the Lord led us into paths of righteousness. And, and there was fear of the Lord. It is clean. Enduring forever. And here's the problem. You put your fear in man. But the Bible said, I will not fear what man shall do unto me. No, I will not morally revere what man shall do unto me. I will fear the Lord. We have to be law abiding But the Bible addresses that He just puts it in order Fear God and honor the king That's how you do that You fear God first You fear God utmost You fear God above all You fear God and then you, you're able to honor the king Hallelujah But I will not fear what man shall do unto me I will not fear Sorry, I do not morally revere sickness I do not morally revere disease I do not morally revere death I do not morally revere tragedy I do not morally revere what tomorrow might hold I do not fear these things My fear belongs to the Lord The maker of heaven and earth no, I know, I know the old song says, I'm not worried about what tomorrow holds because I know who holds tomorrow. I will fear God and nothing else. No, I don't fear the sickness. I don't fear the disease. I fear God. I don't fear the devil. I fear God. Uh, hey, here's the thing. When you fear sickness and when you fear death and when you fear all the things that could go wrong, that fear has torment and anguish and anxiety and worry and fret. But when you fear God, that fear has peace. said that fear has peace <laughs> and listen it's not just peace but it's wisdom yeah. that fear has wisdom yeah 
the devil said to Jesus, why don't you cast yourself down from the pinnacle of the temple? Just cast yourself down and the angels will bear you up. Well, that would be foolish to do. And Jesus looked at him and said, no, I'm not doing that. Are you crazy? It is written. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. It wasn't that Jesus feared the fall. It was that he feared God. No, it is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. So I'm not going to stand here and do something crazy or foolish because you're telling me that I fear it if I don't do it. No, I'm not going to jump off a cliff. No, I'm not going to stand in front of a locomotive. No, I'm not going to do crazy things. I'm not going to go into tough areas unless God tells me to go into tough areas. I'm not going to be reckless or hazardous. Not because I fear those things, but because I fear God. will not tempt the Lord my God. God wants to deliver you from fear. God wants to deliver you from the fear of other things. He wants to narrow your fear down to where you only fear Him and nothing else. When you fear everything else, you're going to walk in worry and anxiety. But when you fear God, you're going to walk in peace and circumspection. Hallelujah. Woo! <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Do you know the Bible says that when Moses saw that mountain that burned with blackness and darkness and tempest. And he heard that voice that no one could understand. The Bible said that so great was the sight of it that he did exceedingly fear and quake. That word, phobia, the, the word is phobia, and it has a variety of derivatives and, and, and ways that it, it travels and, and, and is defined and manifests itself. But that particular phobia is one of the worst. He said he exceedingly feared and quaked. The Bible says it, it scared him out of his wits. He was shaken when he saw the great sight of God. He was shaken at the greatness of God. And the Bible says so terrible was the sight of it. That he did exceedingly fear and quake. It was the fear of God. And the Bible says that the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Once you Listen, you're going to have an experience that lets you know just how great God is. You're going to have an experience. Hey, that's why you don't play games. You repent now. You come to God now. Because God's going to let you know how. Without him, you can do nothing. Without him, you would but fail. Without him, you're like a ship on a sea without a sail. He'll let you know that if it wasn't for the mercy of God, and if it wasn't for the hand of God, and if it wasn't for the grace of God, You'll have an experience in your life when you start playing games with God. That's why some people show up to church when they get scared out of their wits. Don't mock them. It's the beginning of wisdom. 
don't mock them. It's the beginning of knowledge. Oh, I know it's easy for us who have been here for so many years. We're like, oh, yeah, let's see how long that lasts. Let's pray that it lasts a long time because it's the beginning of wisdom and knowledge. It's the start of something special. They realize they need God. It's the fear of God that's in their heart. And they realize he really is great. He really is powerful. He really is my only hope. He really is the only one that can help me. At the end of the day, it is he who decides whether I live or die. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Moses did exceedingly fear and quake. Hallelujah, that's Hebrews 12 and 21. He did exceedingly fear and quake because so terrible was the sight of it. Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. But that's the beginning of wisdom. Then wisdom begins to run its course. But you are come unto Mount Zion, unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly of the church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven and to God the judge of all and to the spirits of just men made perfect to Jesus of the new covenant to the blood of the sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel see that you refuse not him that speaketh for they escape not who refused him that spake on earth much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven whose voice the earth but now he hath promised saying yet once more I shake not the earth only but also heaven and this word yet once more signifieth the removing of those things that are shaken as of those things that are made and those things which cannot be shaken may be may remain wherefore we seeing, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved. Let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. That's a different fear there. That godly fear has to do with circumspect. It started with exceeding fear and quaking with a phobic response to God that's the beginning of wisdom but it ended with circumspect still fear but a different kind circumspect watching where I'm walking knowing where I'm going not deviating from the path no because I fear God now that's why that's why the same man who said that the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom is the same man who said let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter the whole duty of man is to fear God and keep his commandments The fear of God is how it starts, and the fear of God is how it ends. It starts with us quaking and shaking, and it concludes with us clothed and in our right mind. Leading our family down the right path, leading them to the house of God, 
abstaining from all appearance of evil, abstaining from fleshly lusts which war against the soul, praying without ceasing, rejoicing evermore in everything, giving thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Hallelujah. Loving mercy, doing justly, walking humbly before the Lord. Oh, the fear of the Lord. It is so clean. From start to finish, it is so clean. Don't fear the winds. Fear God. Don't fear the waves. Fear God. Hallelujah. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yay. Somebody say yay Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil I don't care what kind of evil shows up on my path I will fear no evil My faith is in God My love is in God My worship is in God And yes, my fear is in the Lord I will fear no evil for thou art with me thy rod and thy staff they comfort me thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies Woo! thou anointest my head with oil my cup runneth over surely surely that's my hope today is that somebody will make up in their heart and mind surely Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. Somebody lift your hands to God right now in this house. Somebody lift your hands to God right now in this house. God is going to deliver you from the idolatry of fearing other things. God is going to break the chains of fear off of you to where you will fear nothing but Him. Nothing but Him. You will morally revere nothing but God. Woo. Come on, somebody. Perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love cast out fear if you need God right now to break the chains of fear off of you I want you to step down to the front of this house and we're going to let fear shake off of us break off of us we're going to let fear fall by the wayside it's held you in bondage too long it's held you in bondage too long yellow yeah, yeah, Lord. Come on, that's it in the name of Jesus. Fear of death fall off you right now in Jesus' name. Fear of the unknown fall off of you right now in Jesus' name. Fear of failure. Fear of betrayal. Fear of rejection. I rebuke it all in the name of Jesus. The fear of God get inside of your soul right now. The fear of the Lord get rooted in your heart right now. Blessed be the name of the Lord. 
Come on, that's it. That fear is breaking. Those chains of fear are breaking. opportunity the Lord has spoken to you this morning change are breaking right now every mind is going to be loose every mind is going to be loose every heart the emotions of people are going to be loose in the name of Jesus God's going to set you free right now come on pray with somebody pray with somebody don't stand here looking around. Deliverance is in this place today. Some of you are going to walk out of this place today and never battle the spirit of fear again because you have replaced the fear of the enemy with the fear of God. Come on. I bind every phobia. I bind every dark cloud in the name of Jesus. I bind the spirit of torment. Oh, hallelujah, the spirit of bondage. Would you let him move? Would you let him move right now? Come on, pray. Come on, pray somebody. Pray somebody. Praise somebody. Don't you miss this opportunity. Oh, you're God. God's about to fill somebody with the Holy Ghost. God's about to bring somebody up out of the pit. He's going to deliver you from the cave. Of fear and torment, turmoil and darkness. 